Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of Grow a Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Rosie Harriet, a textile designer who has worked across fashion and homewares both in-house and as a freelancer and who is now shifting from being freelance into being a business. Rosie has also had a personal journey of wellness and awakening over the last few years, which is the reason for that business shift. But she's worried about how to communicate this in her content without looking like she's jumped on the wellness bandwagon. So in this episode, we talk about starting to talk about your business across your channels, maintaining community when you start talking about what you do, making sure your why reads as authentic and baked into the business, and approaching a more personal tone of voice. So let's dive in. Hi, Rosie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, very good. Thank you. Thank you for for coming on and sharing your journey, as you're going to, and a little bit about the the subjects that we're going to be getting into today, because I think it's one that in lots of different ways is definitely going to resonate with different people. So I'm excited to dig into it a little bit. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) It's the first time I've sort of, um, I guess, publicly really delved into it I think mm. so interesting I'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine it'll, we'll just keep we'll start talking and it will feel like there's nobody else here <laughs> perfect yeah great stuff so let's start off with a little bit of background and context and your journey in terms of your career and your business and and how you've got to the point you're at now okay so it's quite a long story because I'm quite old <laughs> <laughs> but um, I graduated in fashion design in the late 80s and the next 10 years I worked my way up from a junior designer to design manager in ladies men's kids sportswear covering trend design and development for most of the high street retail industry I had a really great varied career in lots of different areas in 2005 after my second child I set up my freelance business where I continue to grow a portfolio of expertise but moving into textile design as well as fashion design and I was lucky enough to uh, do homewares, maternity wear, lifestyle and stationery and that was always sort of driven by um, a real sort of curiosity to create things I guess. Lots of different, I'm a Gemini so I'm a a natural curiosity seeker I think. (laughs) And then fast forward sort of to 2016, as my kids grew up and um, my marriage began to fail actually and I hit a, quite a low point in my life. And although I've never really labelled it, in retrospect, it was probably the start of a breakdown. I just wasn't happy with who I was physically and never allowed myself me time whilst running a business and being a mum and a wife. So I had a lot of thinking and set upon a journey of exercise and nutrition followed by 
counseling, Reiki, meditation, crystal healing, acupuncture. And this is all a sort of journey, the sort of dots linked, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This was I didn't do it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Just pile it on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, it was really anything to avoid taking prescription drugs because I didn't believe in it because I, that was based on my dad's experience of a mental breakdown when I was very young. So it was a very much a sort of, I'll just try anything that, I, you know. So that kind of led me on a bit of um, a spiritual journey, really, because the well-being, wellness is such a massive subject. And I didn't realise that I was actually entering into this wellness until it's become quite popular now, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, you know, not a angel of wellness as it was <laughs> you know I still have a drink and I still like to uh, I'm a, a what I consider a normal person <laughs> not a woo-woo type person but um anyway um fast forward again to late 2019 uh when I was finally divorced and my focus was how to move from being freelance to building a sustainable business now I was on my own and I'd, because I'd had such a lot of soul searching in my personal life I then started thinking about my work life and the fact that I'd really fallen out with the work that I was doing and really craved a new goal. I almost felt like I had to quit the whole business of fashion and textiles because it just felt that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was really all I'd ever wanted to do since I was 11 years old. So it was a bit of a, oh, this is a bit scary to think that, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. And I think because I'd had this curiosity and variety that had always been my driver, my sort of inner critic was telling me that I was a bit of a jack of all trades. Mm. So I did a lot of, you know, thinking as you do about all these things. But then what I've realised now during um, this COVID lockdown was that I've gone even further into all this and realised that I've probably been on a spiritual awakening, which sounds a bit... um, Weird for me to say, but um, I have read a lot of books about this and even, um, I don't know whether you're familiar with Brené Brown, but in her books, she actually writes about her breakdown and scrubs it out and puts spiritual awakening. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so um, it it made me realise it wasn't that I didn't love developing products, but I had to pivot my business to work with people who aligned with my personal journey, I guess, and bring meaning back to my work um I still wanted to develop products and I still had that buzz of helping people to realize something in their head into a physical 3D product and um so I wanted to use use my experience to help develop a new breed of conscious retailers via a variety of service-based and development offerings to other conscious beings I guess Mm -hmm. and um it's really a sort of gentle rebellion against the sort of soulless giants of retail and to shine a light on the new thoughtful retailer, which I think we are all waking up to mm-hmm. during um, the early part of 2020. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that's really where I'm at. So, mm. um, weirdly, I had set aside spring 2020 to work on the relaunch of my business and work on new branding, new offering, new website. 
and yeah, weirdly, that's coincided coincided with um, the universe sent you a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, you had plenty of time exactly. to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's and- where I am, really. <laughs> and I think uh, and what you say is something that I hear over and over again particularly on the podcast actually is where people have a moment where they think they don't want to do the thing anymore so whether that's the design or whatever it is but actually it's not the thing that's the issue it's the context in which you're doing it and it's actually about changing the context so whether that's going from freelance to having more of a business or doing things for the high street versus doing things for independence it's that's the thing that needs to change rather than the actual substance of the work itself yeah and I think because I've been doing this for 25 years I was you know it's almost like a tree roots I was so intertwined with it all that it was very difficult for me to see that that was you know the way forward I think mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I can imagine So as you said, you've been sort of working on it over this spring and and there's been kind of a longer tail of development there as well. So what kind of things have you been doing and what sort of place have you got to with the business in terms of trying to build it and put offerings in place? Have you got to the point where you're like, these are my offerings or um, are you still a little bit open-ended? I am a little bit open-ended. I feel like there's people at different stages of their journey I need to I need to sort of whittle down who I'm most valuable to but I think that will come with actually doing the doing the website putting the offerings on and then uh you know tweaking them as I go along that's what I feel is the best way to go about it um I've been on Instagram for probably probably two years actually now but I started I've always had a sort of um I've always gone there on there as a community I sort of went on there really when I was um working from home and I was quite lonely actually and I was Mm -hmm. like do you know what the people that I meet at in inverted commas networking events are creative network events are usually graphic designers or website designers and I wanted to find out where all the fashion and textile women were Mm. so um I created um a hashtag my creative boobs which I put on there as sort of things that I've learned over my 15 years of being freelance and I've really sort of built up some really good friends on there actually Mm. and some you know some really some supportive um places to go and but at that time I hadn't really refined what I wanted to do so now I have to develop my Instagram and in lockdown it felt like I needed to take a step back and just just be me and just say what's going on in my sort of day-to-day and I think that's sort of where I find that difficult because I haven't got my website up yet I'm working on that at the moment I'm working on the branding with the designer and then um, looking to get my website up sort of middle of the year so yeah it's that I want I want to start building content Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need a bit of a framework. I see what you mean, yeah. And because you've you say so you've sort of been accidentally on purpose building an audience on Instagram and kind of creating connections and stuff there, but they've got nowhere to go that outside of Instagram, and there's no way to kind of 
move that journey further along with people. They're just kind of stuck in that one place, kind of treading water, if you like. So you want to start moving them along a little bit. But yeah, there's things that need to happen in order to do that. And I think there is um, there is quite a lot you can do on Instagram in the meantime, in terms of you can kind of, you can put videos up if you want to, in the way that you you write your captions, you can start to do some quite short form written content and things like that. You can, it's a good place to do the testing in terms of if you've got a couple of different offerings and you're trying to work out the part of the journey that you can be most helpful to for people at this moment, that Instagram can be a really good place to test that because you've got things like the stories polls and the question stickers and stories as well as you can just ask in captions as well and kind of get get a sense from people that will give you a little bit more of a steer and just be intentional about it where it's not like you suddenly turn into being like tell me if you want this tell me if you want that but you go at a caption with the intention that you want to find out some information but you do it in a way that feels natural to you. Yeah, because I think for me on Instagram, I completely switch off if somebody's just trying to sell something to me, if you know what I mean. So I feel like it's definitely a, for me, Instagram feels like build a community, build a community, talk to people, have conversations. But then if they want to move that, they kind of move into maybe my website and look at a blog post or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instagram feels like community. Website feels like, okay, this is a little bit more serious now, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's being really clear about what that definition of community is as well, because in a literal social community in real life, people want a say in that community, right? We we, we vote, we write to our MPs, we do things because we want a say in how our community is run. And so I do think that that is an important and that's something that people always leave out when they're thinking of online communities in that it's it's more like a kind of cult where you're there and everybody's just talking to each other and it's all like happy, happy. Whereas actually to be able to say, is this useful to you if I do this? People like to have that say to feel that kind of agency. So it's not necessarily I'm going to sell you a thing. Which thing do you want to buy? It's how can I and this space make this even better for you? And to go at it with that intention as well means it comes across like that rather than it coming across really like you're trying to force them into a sales funnel. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that sounds good actually because the whole thing is that my experience and my curiosity about finding new ways to to, um, retail could also not only benefit people who are looking to develop products but people who want to buy products mm-hmm. from you know so I think it so that that feeling of community on a sort of 360 on Instagram yeah that feels good actually that, mm. that I could develop that yeah exactly it's all about it's it's thinking yes this is for me but also other people do get a benefit out of this it's not just it's it's not as binary as, oh, this is helpful to me, therefore it's not helpful to others. It can be helpful to everyone. It's really, especially in a business-to-business kind of context, when you're finding out about stuff and researching stuff or even just putting things out there in a certain way, for other businesses who are following and watching, they're like, oh, that's interesting that she said that or she did that like that. I might try to do that as well. So it's all 
probably the same way that you do it to other people who you follow. So yeah, I think it's very, very easy to get really kind of paralysed around starting to ask more of the community, um, especially when it's been it's grown very organically with there being no real sort of ask of them before. And it can feel like I can't possibly, I can't possibly, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Um but yeah, very gently, gently doing it and more for your sake than anyone else's because they're used to seeing it from other people as well. So it's um and yeah, you can do it in your own way that feels mutually beneficial rather than you bombarding them with stuff <laughs> yeah because I think that's when I first started Instagram I then stopped because I was like I don't I'm just what what am I doing on here <laughs> <laughs> and so as soon as I had this oh I'll put out I'll put out my experience of freelance then it became a and I didn't do that all the time but you know that that was part of the content then it gave me a focus and I think I feel I need maybe I don't know tell me if I'm wrong, three focuses to sort of think, right, well, this is, these are the types of things that I put out or certainly this is the arenas that I talk about or while still keeping it quite um, me as a person. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, A, that's exactly what I would recommend doing, but also that is what has come from you and that you feel that you need. So it, it will that is what obviously will work because you're like, this is how I need to frame my communications. But absolutely having some kind of guidelines around these are the things that I talk about, which just gives you a little bit of structure and stops things feeling so wishy-washy is really, really useful. And so in terms of the time scale, because I haven't launched the website yet, does that matter? Could I, because at, at one point, th- Point, I thought, well, maybe I could talk about how I'm building my business and why I'm building it. That feels quite sort of organic and natural. But then they, it then also feels like they're sort of telling them everything before they can actually get to the website. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and this is something I sometimes to and fro over about whether it's good to build things up so much that people are excited for the thing when it comes or that it just frustrates them that they can't access the thing already. <laughs> and I think it's it's all about that framing. So rather than if you were to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and be really specific about it, that might get into the frustration zone because they're kind of like, well, I want to see it and I'm going to forget about it by the time you've got your website ready. Whereas if you were to approach it from... This, this is the dream. This is what I'm going through. This is what the steps I'm doing this week towards building something and not kind of giving away the punchline, if you like, of what the thing's going to be yet. That is the kind of thing that builds the builds the attention and the the waiting for it. And it's not feeling frustrating. It's feeling like they're there on the journey with you and they're going to find out with you at the end what, what the thing's going to be. So that might be a way to think about it. And Again, it's also that I think you can give content around these kind of topics of business building and where you're going in and also your inspiration for the business and what you want to stand for and who you want to help. You can talk about that without necessarily needing 
to go straight into and here's the link that <laughs> um, I think it can be quite powerful to just share really openly those things without having an immediate ask and just let it let it build quite slowly and organically to the point where when you do drop the link it's like aha right I've I've understood it up till now and now I get to see the final thing so yes and, and I do think as well that if you are on Instagram that is just a really good test bed for your website content so you can start to test a few ideas just through captions and what you're talking about. I think, you know, X might be interesting. So you write a caption about X and then it doesn't really get a lot of things. You're like, okay, well, that obviously didn't work. I won't put that on the website. Um, And you can kind of test little things um, just by putting them and seeing the reaction. So it can really, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. You can use what you've currently got to help make the website that you're building even better or at least that the first draft of that website feels like it's more what people want than just your best guess yeah so it's kind of like again going back to my sort of curious nature when I come across things that I feel are important to me in terms of this new conscious retail or thoughts around it then instead of just reading it I could talk about it on Instagram as well exactly yeah Okay, so it's quite a, yeah, because it's because it almost feels like I'm 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 in this journey as well of this conscious retail. You know, I'm no mm-hmm. expert of of on, on in, in terms of because it's new. You know, so yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that helps. Yeah, and and that does help if you do feel like well, I'm not an expert, and it almost is like if you're launching with a website and saying, oh, this is this, this is that, you kind of are boxing yourself into a place where you feel fraudulently like you're making yourself an expert whereas if you're kind of saying this is a new thing that I'm exploring come along with me that has a a very different kind of vibe to it that will probably make you feel better about sharing it too yeah yeah that makes sense yeah because at the moment I've really just been talking about more sort of personal things rather than well mainly because of again because of the lockdown thing um but yeah I could start bringing in the things that I'm working on a weekly basis and you can link the two quite easily because your interest in the new conscious retail is so inextricably linked to your personal journey anyway that you can say oh i read this article and it really reminded me of the time that blah 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 or that thing i posted about two weeks ago and so you can link it through really naturally it doesn't have to kind of go from you telling a personal story to then like <laughs> putting references in for the articles and things like that. <laughs> okay. So it just needs a bit of a mindset reshift on the way I sort of write, as I guess. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And just keep it, don't change the tone and the way that you write for the topic. I think that's the key thing. And that's what we feel like we have to do because we're taught in school of like the way to write letters and the way to write essays and things like that that we suddenly when we kind of start looking at other people's stuff and integrating concepts that aren't just our thoughts and things that have happened to us we feel like we have to do them properly (laughs) whereas actually we can just take that information and just translate it into our own voice and talk about it from our own point of view because that's what people are there following you for if they want to read the article they'll follow 
the Guardian or whoever, you know, <laughs> they're following you for your voice and your take. Mm. So do you think that's the same in terms, because I, I do want to, because I think on Instagram there is a, for me, there's a sort of optimum length of caption and then really it becomes a blog post, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And therefore I do want to talk, I do want to create blog posts because I, um, I think I can put visual things in there and written things and sort of, again, it's that step of if someone's on Instagram and they just get a little short snippet of what I'm about and then I'll say, well, I've explored this more in a blog. I mean, obviously this will be later on mm-hmm. when the website's up, but then it's almost like they're, they're more sort of, oh, yeah, I want to find out more about this. So in that respect, on a blog, do you, would you say you still talk in that same manner as you do on Instagram, wherever you are on the virtual world, you you just mm-hmm. use your same voice. Uh, yes, because imagine if you were, there's someone you follow who you really like and you're reading their caption and they've put in their kind of, it's all in their voice and it feels like them and they've said they've written about it on the blog and then you go to the blog and it's like a dry article. You're like, who is this person? <laughs> like, this isn't the person that I like. Like, they, they copied and pasted this. Like, it creates a little disjoint or a jar in the journey that opens the door to doubt because people are like well are you the person in the caption or are you this person and it just sows those little seeds so to and like I said if people want the scientific proper research you can link the source but if the what the difference that you can make to that conversation is saying, here's the source, this is my reaction to it, this is how I might apply it, this is how I can see it going forward and furthering the conversation rather than just parroting the conversation. Yeah. And I think, again, that's a sort of, this is um, an unravelling of my mindset of working Mm -hmm. with big corporate businesses against working with individuals. Yeah. Because my previous website did appeal to you know, the corporate retail world. So mm-hmm. that's um, that's a little journey I have to go on. Exactly. Like it's And it is a really big shift when you're used to speaking to people who have to have things signed off. Yeah. That they need to see things very different to people who are just themselves. <laughs> and they don't have to worry about like, oh, how am I going to convince the board about this? Or how am I going to convince my manager about this? They just are like, how do I convince myself about this? Oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, that is a little, my and to a mindset shift to kind of really, really know who you're talking to and know what their situation is in their wider life. I don't just mean, oh, this is who they are in their business. It's okay. Well, what are their motivations? What are the things that are going to make them go, hmm, I'm not sure. And how can you talk to those? And because they're the things that, are going to be different so just to have that even if it's a real person in your mind who you write to I do that sometimes if I've got a topic that I'm like oh so and so would this is I'm going to write this to so and so because um, this is something that they would worry about or if it's more generic but just create yourself little checks that mean that you don't slip into the old habits which is so easy to do and that you just keep that consciousness until it becomes the new habit that you write in this way yeah because I think that's the other thing I because the whole point of this is I've been on this journey myself in terms of well-being wellness I I think there's a I feel like there's a, a fine balance between 
keeping my sort of personal journey within it so they can understand that I'm why I'm doing it and I'm authentic and I'm not just jumping mm-hmm. on the wellness wagon but also you know I am a business <laughs> and I think that's that's where I feel quite mm-hmm. stuck a little bit because um and again I suppose again thinking it through in my mind now it's again because I've worked in the corporate world isn't it sort of thing and you wouldn't talk about that personal stuff to my past retail clients necessarily mm. yeah and and I think it's and I, I really get what you mean about the jumping on the wellness wagon and I think it's things like I think sustainability is another one which is huge where people are like I don't want to look like I'm just jumping on this wagon because I've actually been doing this for five years or I've actually um, really researched this quite heavily or things like that and especially because in this kind of online climate there's a lot of call out culture as well so there's also the fear that if you don't have every single answer to every single question that you'll be called out as a fake or a fraud or whatever and so I think that with this kind of thing with the authenticity of it I think it's a good idea to get get some examples in your head of and this might sound a bit mean but to see people who do look like they've jumped on the wagon (laughs) that you see because you probably do see them when you're like you get probably get served their stuff in explore or you just see them through friends of friends and things like that and where you can just you feel the authenticity is off and then try and pinpoint why that is so you can then start to be like okay well I can unravel what feels off about them to make sure that I can make sure that I'm not doing that um and and that's just getting really specific on what you want to avoid doing so whether it's and I mean it might just be that somebody isn't inauthentic and they are into it but they seem to always just kind of maybe in their captions they shoehorn something in at the end where it doesn't quite flow or fit and maybe that's the thing that causes that jar. So you think, well, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to shoehorn it in if it's not coming up naturally. I just won't talk about it, and that's fine. <laughs> that's a really good idea, actually, to look for. Yeah, that is a good exercise in terms of what not what you don't want to be like. Mm. Yeah, because I think that's the thing. There's a the worry or the big worry cloud in the sky of I don't want to look inauthentic. But then you've got to actually nail down what does inauthentic look like? Because otherwise you're just worrying about this thing you can't see and you can't touch. Whereas if you're like, okay, well, that's what I don't want to look like. How can I not do that? That gives you something to work with. <laughs> yeah, because I know that one, of, I know there is a lot of, um, uh, like you say, on the sustainability, which kind of weaves itself into conscious retail as well. And there's a lot of people who talk about the bad people who are doing all this <laughs> bad stuff in sustainability but for me it's sort of like rather than focus on the negative I want to focus on the positive and how I can help create the flip side of of this you know um negativity so I think it's always about I think my whole business and persona is always about positivity rather than pulling out you know being a sort of activist of who is not Mm. doing it right kind of thing so Mm. yeah I've kind of like thought about that in terms of yeah what I would possibly talk about Mm. okay yeah that's really helpful yeah and what your your place is in this like you said the tree roots of this community what your place is and just to 
to kind of own that and I don't like to talk about own your space too much because I think that that shifts the focus away from actually doing the work to just protecting the space but to kind of be like this is this is what my role is here and I'm just going to embody that role and not really worry about the other stuff yeah yeah definitely and I think another thing that you can think about as well is that customer and the person that you want to be working with and because actually it doesn't matter if you know someone over there is like oh doesn't believe you or thinks you're authentic. if your customer and the people you want to be working with and the people in your community if they do believe it that's all that really matters <laughs> because the person over there isn't going to do anything anyway um so thinking about what do they need to see and to hear in order to believe in you and buy into you and start to create content around those things as well yeah and I think one example of that is recently I'm in a closed Facebook group and I shared my story on there because we were invited to do that everybody and um you know I immediately got a lady saying oh I really want to work with you because I've I've been through she'd been through um she's quite a young girl she'd been through um uh, breast cancer and had a mastectomy and she couldn't find nice products in that area of lingerie and swimwear and that was it was kind of like a light bulb moment of like oh wow mm-hmm. she wants to speak to me immediately <laughs> I'm just about, just telling my story kind of thing you know like I've told you so um I think it's it, it's me now like you say becoming this person and being happy to share what I want to do and how did you feel when you first did that post in the Facebook group were you worried about it did you think oh this is too much or or how did you feel about it I felt like so one of the other things that I felt fine sharing it it was quite a long post and I I've I don't know whether I suppose with Instagram I sort of feel because I want to because I want to post regularly then if I put everything into one post, then I've got nothing else to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think, um, yeah, that's another sort of grey area that I I think, oh, well, A, not everybody sees your posts on Instagram, so you've you've got to sort of, this is what I imagine, that you have to keep almost like repeating your thoughts and story and views and things like that but I suppose from where you're sat you're thinking oh I've done all this I've done you know what I mean and it's getting that balance of not just posting to Instagram doing it thoughtfully and um, yeah consciously of how it's how it's working kind Mm -hmm. of thing I think this is an interesting thing around content because it's like I've just I'm just saying the same thing over and over again but I think that repeti- what we see as repetition actually looks like consistency and because there's only so much you can talk about right before you start talking about things that are irrelevant which is then muddies the waters and you don't want to do that so it's actually just that consistency of message and I mean if you think about me and my work I really do talk about the same things over and over again because it's it's such a small kernel of things that I can talk about. But I take things like the marketing concepts and, as I said, change them into my view and my perspective of it and how I'm using it and how other people might use it and then put that out into the world and do the same thing with another concept and, another concept and all that kind of thing. So it is, 
yeah, if you go through, which I sometimes do, I go through podcast archive, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of repetition in here. But it's just reaffirming that kind of core message of the brand, what the brand stands for, what you as a human stands for, and really just kind of deepening that recognition. Because now people are like, oh, I like the way that you talk about slow marketing and soulful growth because it's like hammered into them. <laughs> and also, I suppose, from a, from a you know, then you sort of distill the essence of what you're about, aren't you? So if I was to, uh, you know, talk about you, then I could, you know, it's, oh, yeah, she's amazing at marketing, slow marketing and not selling, selling. It's about slow. So you've kind of like distilled the message by repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes me feel a bit more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what's useful as well is to talk about the what's happening in real time or kind of a slight lag on that. But rather than it being kind of like, oh, I'm talking about these two concepts and I'm just going to have to find a way to reinvent the wheel about them all the time. It's this is how I'm right now starting to apply this in my business or this is something that I've just had a thought about that I hadn't thought before or this is something new that I'm bringing to it that that helps to keep it fresh. So even though it's the same concepts you've been talking about over and over and over, you're making them feel new and contemporary with the time with the current moment by talking about them how they're in process in your business yeah yeah I think that makes sense because people may be having the same thoughts about similar things at that time Mm -hmm. which may have changed three months ahead or yeah Yeah, okay exactly like I mean all the stuff what everything that's happened this year things have changed a lot people are talking about all the same things they've always talked about, but in a completely new, unprecedented context, right? Like, so I'm talking about all the things I've always talked about, but through the lens of coronavirus and lockdown and all that kind of thing, which brings out a new side to it. So there's always going to be new things to talk about the old things because there's always new life happening. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think one thing that's important as well and because I know that if you're used to speaking to more corporate clients and things like that then there is that feeling of needing to be I don't know less personal more well researched to have like the pros and cons and the features and benefits and things like that and and this is something I feel a lot of people have also in general about needing to to be right um and to have have everything well researched and everything like that and the thing that I like to think about is that there's a difference between the truth and your truth so if you aim to be going this is the truth then you're opening yourself up to possible criticism you're opening yourself up to your privileged blind spots you're going to be excluding some people accidentally because you're trying to incorporate this is the whole universal truth and you're going to miss things whereas actually if you say this is my truth. This is how I've experienced it. Nobody can really argue with that. You're not you you're going at it from a very personal way. So although it can feel like personal is a more difficult way to go, in a lot of ways it's easier because you're you're not having to try and be everything and everyone and tell the whole truth. You just have to tell your own truth. Yeah, and it's easy to press the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah definitely I think that's um I really resonate with that because 
like you say, you don't want to advocate that you're the expert, but you want to get your viewpoint across. Exactly. It's like, I'm not the professor on this, but I've got, I've got some good thoughts. (laughs) I've got a view that you might find interesting. Yeah, definitely. So thinking forwards then in terms of your next steps with your content, do you have anything that you're kind of like, you're still not sure on or are you sort of like, okay, let's get this blog set up? (laughs) I think what I was planning to do was carry on with the Instagram, but also have start, start creating some blog content to put on my website when it is ready to to go on there so that there is, you know, I don't know, maybe half a dozen posts to sort of Mm -hmm. talk about things. So I think now that we've had this conversation, it gives me a lot of food for thought in how I can structure that a little bit more. And yeah, sort of, I suppose also the blog post means that if I'm, if I work on those in the background, I can sort of get, I can feel my way around what we've talked about today Mm -hmm. To get more confident, which will probably pull off. So maybe if I started the blog post first, because I've not really looked at that, then things from the blog post, little sort of bite-sized things, can go on Instagram mm-hmm. as um, as captions, mm-hmm. which will probably get me flowing again. Because I had a bit of a, I was doing, I was posting to Instagram every day, and I was feeling really great about it, and all of a sudden I had this. <laughs> I think I've just been talking about myself for too long now and um, I just need to stop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that'll help. Mm. And I felt like I needed to move on and start um, talking about what was happening in my business. But like I've said to you before, the timing of it seemed, oh, I don't know, because of the website not being there to mm-hmm. show. But um, I think I can work that out now. I think I can feel more comfortable mm. with that. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good idea to start playing around with them as you say just to have something to go on the blog when the website goes live which is a really good idea but also it allows you to get get practicing like get the kind of rubbishy first ones out the way and get kind of hone the skill a little bit and explore the ideas and and it's a really good way to work out what you actually do think about things which can then help all the the other website copy too and something that you might want to think about as a potential, if there's any holdups with the website or you actually just really inspired and want to share a piece, you could always publish on Medium. All right, okay. Um, and then you could link that to Instagram if you want it and you could use that to kind of test certain concepts like I was saying. So if you wanted to say, I think this is going to be really, really interesting for people, put it on Medium, link from it from Instagram and see how people react to that style of writing and you can use it to test it, but also just to get things out rather than waiting for a website. Because although long-term, you obviously want to be moving people to your own domain, actually between now and then, it might be quite nice to deepen that relationship and let them see some content without it going without having to wait and feel like you're you're still there treading water because that can be really frustrating when a web project drags which it always does to feel like you're being stymied in other areas as well so I just to kind of be aware that that is always there as an option if you want to yeah. use it and I guess because I'm because the branding is being worked on at the moment so I, I could even 
have the website as a sort of, which I know a website's like a house, is it? It's never finished. <laughs> and um, I could literally just put up a blog yeah. to begin with and then add my, when I've then sort of nailed down my services and things like that, then I can add that on and sort of build it up like that. So yeah. I've got this sort of moving new Mm-hmm. baby <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah I do think a web project is good to think about it in phases because yeah it is a, a living thing it shouldn't ever be finished because it's like painting the fourth bridge it <laughs> when something needs fixing as soon as you finish the last thing so yeah to think about it in terms of okay what I'm going to do is get a blog up and start publishing and getting things to, people to the site and then the other things can drop in more naturally and is there a sort of going forward? Is there, it, did you just get a feel of how often you need to blog at Instagram? Is it something that you just work out yourself in terms of? Yeah, I personally, I think it's down to how often you can do it consistently. So rather than it being like you blog once a week and then you realise that was too much and then you didn't do anything for six months and it's trying to get into a rhythm where it it fits into your life in a way that doesn't feel like a massive chore and that you hate doing it but means that you can be showing up regularly and consistently which doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as frequently so it might be that you want to start with I'm going to do one a month and that feels manageable and then you can always build up from there and it will change. It will ever flow with your life because if you get a whole load, of big client load on, there might be a month where you don't post and sometimes that's just got to be the way it's got to be. But I always find that to try and keep a consistent rhythm is more helpful to you because it's like that domino effect. The minute you stop doing something or like if you're on a diet or whatever, the minute you eat the chocolate biscuit, you're like, well, I've ruined it. I'll just eat the whole packet. Yeah, that is so me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's um, making sure that it fits into your routine and is something that you can keep up with rather than it being a chore or something that you miss out and then you just don't write another thing. So And, and in terms of, I mean, I have this um, feeling that because I'm, I do like writing, but I'm a, I do like communicating as well. And so I do have a crazy idea of a podcast at some point. Does that sort of just, again, does that sort of just come organically? You just think, you know what, I need to be doing a different medium or is it specific to a certain type of audience or I think it's there's no rules about it and there's no kind of okay you've reached the level where you're now allowed to do a podcast (laughs) Um, it's it's again thinking about that workload but also having a really strong intention of where it's not oh I'm gonna do a podcast it's I'm gonna do a podcast because because these ideas need to be communicated in this way or I've found I've had this idea of a really unique way to reach this part of my audience or just it has to be a reason for doing it other than doing it if that makes sense so, and and again that will come naturally and it will be I think starting with the blog is kind of easy because there's less setup costs less tech involved like you could just write something and put it on the internet whereas with podcast is a little bit more to it but you can, as you're blogging, you might be like, you know what, this is actually like, this is going to be so much easier for me to talk through. That's kind of your answer. So yeah, it's something that if, if you've got it in your head, just kind of let your subconscious brain work on it a little bit in the background. And because that was when I started this podcast, I think I had the idea like 
three months before it launched or even six months before it launched. And I was just like, I knew it would be a good way to reach my right people, but I had to just think about why I should do it and what was going to make it different for me that from all the other podcasts out there. And just so I just let it stew away until I was like, aha, I'm going to do the coaching episodes. That's the thing that makes it different. And then it was, and then it all kind of flowed from there. So let the, let it stew away in your head a little bit. Mm, till it becomes a burning have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. So I've got uh, one last question for you, which is how do you grow with soul in your work and life? Okay. So I did think about this and it is in reference to a book that I read actually by Tara Moore. And it's called Playing Big. And she talks about the inner critic, which we all know about, but um she also talks about the inner mentor wisdom mm-hmm. and she takes you on a meditation where you go into your future self and um, use that future self's wisdom in your here and now. So if you've got a, a problem or you're not sure about something, then you speak to that inner mentor. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I grow with soul in my work and life, because I think you all, we all have it within us. It's just finding it. That's so interesting because I've, I've done the meditation. I'm not very good at meditation anyway. And I was like, no, I don't think my hair would be like that in the future. <laughs> I was kind of getting my... But it is interesting to hear how people use it because, yeah, right, th- there's little things that I've done, like how I have my hair and my inner mentor lived right by the woods. So I go walking in the woods quite a lot to try and channel that energy. But yeah, I haven't communed with her in a very conscious way so but it's interesting to hear that that works for you yeah I think it I think it was because it was more of a maybe it's an age thing but it was more of a thing of what would what would what would be your regrets if you Mm. didn't sort of pursue the things that you wanted to do I guess so that was the sort of lesson that she gave me Mm. you know and the fact that you know just be just be you kind of thing just just be brave enough to show you and I think that's sort of a big uh theme in my life I guess so yeah that's um really helps me Mm, that's really lovely so Rosie if people want to come and find you and connect with you uh where's the best place to do that I'm assuming Instagram but (laughs) Instagram rosie.harriet yeah you can find me on there hanging out (laughs) (laughs) perfect great Rosie thank you so much thank you any links that we mentioned in this episode will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Rosie on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she is at rosie.harriet and that's one r and two t's As always, if you think you have a friend who'd really benefit from this episode, please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.